0: The 2023 regular season has come to an end, and what a regular season it was for the Atlanta Braves. Perhaps one in like we'll never see again. We'll discuss that more on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out the podcast on social media at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Always enjoy hearing from you and how I can make this show even better for you each and every day. Thanks so much for all your support you're watching on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that thumbs up button. Again, thank you so much for all the support that you've given me here throughout the regular season. we got more content coming your way throughout the postseason and into the offseason. We don't stop here at Lockdown Braves. So you love Braves baseball. You love hearing about it every day. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. want to give a shout-out to Jeffrey and Kimberly Humphreys for being everydayers. Greg Batten. Uh, Mark Cavalier listening on Spotify, AJ Evans, Ecuadorman Donald Goodrow, Kevin M. Rodrigo from Brazil, Michael Richie, Frank Torres out in California blasting this podcast for all his Dodger co-workers to hear. Thank you so much for being everydayers of Lockdown Braves and all of your support again all throughout the regular season. I've had several of you tell me that you've been here from beginning to end. I really do appreciate it. And again, it's not over yet. We got a lot more to get to. For this baseball season, hopefully for the Atlanta Braves. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download Game Time, create an account, use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. Now on today's episode, we are going to recap the regular season for the Atlanta Braves a little bit here and give you just some crazy numbers, especially for this offense and what I think is the greatest regular season we've ever seen. Uh, so we'll discuss that also with of Miners Monday. So I want to go back and look at some numbers for Braves po- prospects this past year. Some really good season by a lot of Braves prospects. And I think this farm system's turning a corner. And it's going to you know, continue to get better and be one of the best farm systems in baseball. Whether they're ranked highly or not, they continue to turn out really good players, having an impact at the big league level. So we'll go through that. And then we'll play off stage. It's set. So I'll give you the bracket. Kind of talk about the wild card series, who the Braves could be facing. We'll discuss all that on today's podcast. We'll start quickly with the weekend recap. A series loss to the Nationals. This Braves team is obviously cooked. They got no chance in the postseason. Obviously kidding here. Braves took this chance to give some guys rest. Acuna and Olsen in particularly, you know, two of these games started taking out really early. So clearly the Braves we're going all out in this one. The one game they won is the game started by Spencer Strider. And, you know, that's what you want to see. You want to see when your ace is on the mound. Guys, you're going to be counting on in the postseason. You get it done. And they did. Strider getting his 20th win of the year in that outing. And it wasn't a great one for him. Started off a little shaky, but able to battle back, get through five innings, qualify for the win. Big home run by Ozuna in that, who had a great weekend, by the way. I'm not going to talk a ton about it today. You want to hear about it. Go listen to the postcast with me and Grant McCauley over on Lockdown Sports Atlanta on YouTube or in your Lockdown Braves podcast feed where you get the audio version. But that was the weekend, final weekend of the series for the Braves. I'm here more so to give you a season recap. And the Braves finished with a 104-58 and record, the best record in baseball. By a pretty good margin, the Orioles had 101 wins, the Dodgers 100. It's the second most wins ever in a season by the Braves. Coming into the year, I think I predicted 97 wins on the year. And when you think about it, you know, that would have been enough to win the division by itself. Braves were obviously better than that. Putting back to back 100 win seasons together, that's not easy. And especially when you consider the division the Braves played in, and you had the Mets who spent the most money ever. And yeah, they fell apart, but you know, they had a really good squad when they all were together. You had the Phillies, the reigning National League champions, who had a really good season, finished easily as a top wild card spot, and you had the Marlins, who ended up finishing in the second wild card spot. So you got three teams coming out of this division once again. It was a really tough division, and you even look at that Nationals team. You know they played better this year and are you know inching closer to trying to be competitive again. Got some good young talent over there. This is a tough division, and not only did the Braves run away with it. They had the best record in baseball. They had a plus 231 run differential. Again, that was pretty much, you know, pretty easily the best run differential in all of baseball. And when you just look at it and comparatively speaking to the rest of the league and how the Braves dominated, I think this is quite possibly the greatest season we've ever seen. And that's saying a lot for a Braves team that won 14 consecutive division titles and all that. And, you know, the great history that they have, especially in my time of being a Braves fan. But I don't know that I can remember a single season where the Braves team was just as dominant as they were. I mean, I can't think of too many blips throughout the season, you know, other than after they clinched and obviously, you know, weren't playing for much at that point. Where this team just didn't play great baseball. Again, I can think of maybe in May they were going through that tough schedule and still they hovered around just 500 but weren't playing their best baseball. You can think of after the All-Star break. Those are like week-long stretches that we're talking about where this team wasn't bad. They just weren't playing up to their level. They were playing 500 baseball instead of you know, 700 baseball. And that, to me, just speaks to how incredible this team was. I, I think they still haven't had a, a five-game losing streak for three or four years now. I mean, it is just absurd what this team was able to accomplish this year and then you look at all the records that they broke. And it's, you know, it's crazy to think. And going this past weekend, especially, it's just seemed like every time somebody got a hit, every time somebody hit a home run, it was a record being broken. You know, every strikeout by Spencer Strider. I mean, it's just, it was crazy. The season that this team had and how dominant they were and how much better they were than everybody in baseball. And look, I've already seen the comments, people out there saying if they don't win a World Series, it means nothing. And if that's your point of view and that's how you want to be a fan, I'm not here to tell you that that you can't do that. For me, you know, when I look at back at this 2023 season, I'm going to think this was the most dominant team in baseball, over 162. And that's just how I view it. And again, I had that conversation with uh, Cespedes Family Barbecue, and, and Jake Mintz kind of made this point because I asked him about the playoff format. I said, is it fair? Is it right? Do things need to be adjusted? And I loved his comment because I think it's exactly where I am with the postseason. The postseason is not built to be fair. Now, a lot of times the best team's going to prevail in the end, but it's all about who's hot, who's playing the best at the right time. And as Braves fans, we know that better than anyone. Nobody expected the Braves to win in 2021, but at that time, they were playing the best baseball. If baseball was fair, then at at the end of 162, which is a long season, you would go ahead and give the Braves the trophy because they were quite convincingly the best team in all of baseball in 2023 but you do have that postseason which is there to create an atmosphere and experience and it's fun and I want the Braves to win it and solidify this season as the greatest ever because for the regular season I think you can definitely make a case and shout out to Gus on X who sent me a lot of these records because I couldn't keep up with them Braves 307 team home runs that ties the record. It by far is the record if you take out the 2019 season where everybody was launching home runs. Their 501 team slugging percentage is the highest slugging percentage ever for a team, so that's a record the Braves hold alone. Acuna 3060, 30 or 4050, 4060, 4070, all the club to his own with those records this year. Braves had five players hit 30 plus home runs three players hit 40 plus home runs that tied a record held by the Rockies who've done it twice and the 1973 Braves are also in that record so both the Rockies and the Braves have done that twice now most division titles with 23 and then you look at some of the individual records you had Spencer Strider who you know broke the franchise record for strikeouts in a season with 281 you had Matt Olson set the Modern-era RBI record, franchise record for the Braves at 139. Acuna break Otis N- Nixon's stolen base record with 73 in a season. Olsen breaking Andrew Jones' single-season home run record. He hit 45 or 54 this year. He had four players with 100-plus runs batted in. That ties a franchise record. Riley was three short of joining that club and having the top five hitters in their lineup with 100-plus RBI whether or not you agree this is the greatest season of all time for the Braves, I don't think there's much arguing. It's the greatest offensive season ever for the Braves and one of the best offensive seasons we've seen in a really long time. I mean, rivaling the 1927 Yankees. That's how good this offense was in 2023. I like this one from Optistats on X. It says the Braves finished with the outright MLB leader in runs Acuna, hits Acuna. Home runs Olsen, RBI Olsen, stolen base Acuna, total bases Acuna, wins Strider, and strikeouts Strider. No other team has had the outright MLB leader in more than five of those eight categories in a season since RBI became an official stat in 1920. So This is an incredible season, Uh, you know, just looking at the numbers, what they were able to do. I think the team total base record, I think the Braves broke that as well. Maybe somebody can confirm that for me in the comment section. I meant to look that up, but I'm pretty sure they had the most total bases ever in a season too. So, again, just an incredible season. And what I think makes it even more outstanding when you look at it is, again, I said this at the top, comparatively speaking to the rest of the league, You look at the gap between what the Braves, where the Braves were and where other teams were, and it's just, it's astounding. In runs, they had 947 runs. Next closest was 906. 1,543 hits. Next closest was 1,470. Home runs, (laughs) 307 home runs we already talked about. Next closest was 249. Average even, this wasn't just a slugging team. They led all of baseball in batting average at 276 next closest was 263. And then we talked about the slugging percentage, highest ever by a team at 501. Next closest was 455. And then you get into the batted ball data. And this is where it is just absurd. Acuna led the league with 86 barrels. Olson was second. Riley was fourth. Ozuna was fifth. Four of the top five guys in barrels Barreled up baseballs went to the Braves. Braves led all of baseball with 513 barrels. Second best team was the Twins with 398, over 100 more barrels than the second place team. They led the league in hard hit percentage at 46%. Second best was the Yankees at 41.7%. They also led the league with 1,985 hard hit balls. That's balls that are hit 95 miles per hour or harder. The Rangers were second with 1,753. Almost 100 more balls hit 110 miles per hour or harder than the second best team. Ronald hit 77 balls, 110 miles per hour himself, which is more than half the league. I mean, this offense, what they were able to do and how significantly better they were at it than every other team in baseball, it's why for me – Whether you want to call it the greatest team season ever, I know they won more games in a season, but certainly offensively, I don't know that we'll ever see an offensive season like we saw in 2023. So regardless of what happens in the postseason, hopefully when you look back on 2023, you remember just how historic this offense was and how great of an offensive team it was to get to watch them on a nightly basis, specifically Ron Acuna Jr., and what is going to be an MVP season for him and the year that he had? It's like none other that we've seen before. So, hope you enjoyed that regular season. We'll be moving north now towards the postseason and getting ready for that. But, wanted to take a look back at what I think might be the greatest brave season we've ever seen. And it wasn't just at the big league level, a lot of minor league players had great seasons as well. We'll talk about those next. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, view from your seat, and their best price guarantee. GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code MLB for $20 off your first purchase. You're looking for those playoff tickets. They're all sold out. Go to game time. You can find them there and get the best price. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem code at locked on MLB for $20 off. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Braves will get in the postseason on Saturday. Catch every pitch of the Braves uh, hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. Now, I mentioned It wasn't just a great season at the big league level. The Braves had a lot of prospects this year who stepped up and I think could have a future with this team. I'm going to start with the top 10 prospects on MLB Pipeline. Going to be throwing a lot of numbers at you here, so I apologize for that, for those who don't just like listening to numbers. But I'm going to give my opinion on some of these players as well uh, as along the way as we go. But at the top is A.J. smith Schaubert Went from Rome to the big leagues in one year. In the minors, he started 15 games. 62 innings pitch, just 37 hits allowed, 169 batting average against, 33 walks, 79 strikeouts, that's a 276 ERA, and a 1.13 whip. Now, at AAA, wasn't quite as easy, 4.17 ERA, 1.27 whip. He is just 20 years old. At the MLB level, though, he held his own 4.26 ERA, a 1.11 whip, 25 in a third inning, 17 hits, 11 walks, 20 strikeouts, seven home runs really hurt him in his limited time at the MLB level. And I don't know that he's done yet. I think he might have a shot at this postseason roster. Tomorrow I will give you my postseason predictions, who I would put on the postseason roster. So make sure you're there for that. Maybe recording that live on Monday night as well. So make sure you look out for that. Hurston Waldrop, second-ranked prospect for the Braves, went from Augusta all the way up to Gwinnett. Eight games started, 29 in the third innings, 19 hits, did walk 16 batters. That's what he got. To work, what he has to work on next, but 41 strikeouts, a 153 ERA, a 1.19 whip, and he joins A.J. Smith-Schaubert on MLB Pipeline's top 100 list. So Braves came into the year with nobody on the top 100. They finished the year with two players on there. So, again, just showing slowly this farm system getting more high-end talent. Spencer Schwellenbach had a great year as well. 16 games started at 249 ERA, 0.98 whip, 65 innings, just 16 walks and 55 strikeouts, so another arm to watch. Cade Keeler, uh, just two games started, seven innings, just one hit allowed, four walks and eight strikeouts. Owen Murphy had a good year as well. You might not see it in his ERA and whip, but big strikeout totals for the young kid. 21 games started, 89 and two-thirds innings, 83 hits, 32 walks, 113 strikeouts, a 4.72 ERA and a 1.28 whip. Not great, but again, still a really young guy, and you see those big strikeout numbers, the potential that he has. J.R. Ritchie, unfortunately, had his season cut short. Four games started, 13 and a third innings, 11 hits, three walks, and 25 strikeouts. He was striking out a ton of batters as well. Hopefully, we'll get him back some point at the second half of next season, and he can get back on track. Didn't get to see Cole Phillips pitch this year. Did get a little chance to see a little bit of video of him, and everything looks good. Braves just didn't want to push him, but I still think he's one of the better arms in this system. Hopefully we'll get our eyes on him next year. Ignacio Alvarez slash 284, 395, but just 391, a 786 OPS. 116 games this year, 119 hits, 24 doubles, 7 homers, 66 walks to 87 strikeouts and 16 stolen bases. Still absolutely love the bat, and I still think he is the best hitting prospect in the Braves system right now. Would love to see him start to show some more of that power as he gets older and progresses. Did kind of tell off at the end. I don't know if it's fatigue. He did have a little bit of an injury later in the year and just wasn't quite the same coming back after that. But still, I think he's pretty easily the best bat in the system. Played 107 games. At Shortstop as well. I'm really looking forward to going back and watching those games to see what he looks like defensively. Is that somewhere he can stay? That's going to be one of my off-season projects for Braves minor leaguers and, and uh, Ignacio Alvarez and Bioris Tavares is next. Rough season for him. His first full season of professional baseball, slash just 216, 319, 337, uh, 19 doubles, seven home runs, 44 walks, but 196 Strikeouts 21 stolen bases, still just 19, but really got to see him make some improvements in the offseason and next year on those strikeout rates. Really good defensively. He's somebody I did watch a couple of games on, and he looks really smooth at shortstop. You can combine him and Ignacio Alvarez. I think he got a really good all-star level shortstop. And I don't know what Alvarez looks like defensively. So I don't want to say that he's bad there, but Tavares looked really smooth to me defensively at shortstop. Darius Fines, what a season for him. And a season that was delayed with injury at the minor league level, 2.37 ERA, 49 and a third innings, 38 hits, 16 walks, 49 strikeouts, a 1.09 whip. And then at the big league level, 20 and a third innings, just 15 hits, 7 walks, 14 strikeouts, a 3.98 ERA and a 1.08 whip. I'll be honest, Vines was somebody coming into the season. I, I didn't think very much of him. I had him pretty far down the depth chart for starting pitching. And he was really impressive this year. I don't know what his ultimate future is. I like the depth keeping him, you know, for that starting rotation depth. I think if you moved him to a bulk bullpen type of role, I think he could play really well in that regard and has here down the stretch wherever the Braves have needed him. But he has certainly helped himself out with a great season. David McCabe, slash 276, 385, 450, 835 this year, 123 games. 121 hits, 23 doubles, 17 home runs, 80 walks, and 113 strikeouts. He and Drake Baldwin, both taken in the same draft a couple of years ago, had great seasons. Baldwin reached all the way up to AAA. He slashed 270, 384, 460, and 844 OPS in 109 games, 108 hits, 26 doubles, 16 home runs, 67 walks, 98 strikeouts. He started 92 games at the catcher position, 35 at DH, He's somebody else, too. I'm not sure if he sticks behind the plate, but certainly that bat has played and helped him move up levels. He and David McKay both, I don't know what their future is position-wise, but they both showed great things with the bat this year, and they're becoming two of the better bats in the system. So, I mean, you look at the system coming into the year, and clearly they had you know really solid pitching you were excited about. But now at the end of the year with Ignacio Alvarez, McKay, Baldwin – you really got some bats in here that I think you feel pretty confident as well. You know, Von Grissom, who's no longer a prospect, but he's obviously another good bat. So you're talking about four, five, you know, four or five really good impact bats in this brave system that they have right now that you feel pretty good about at this moment. Also want to mention Alan Winans. We talked about him the other day. Maybe the best pitcher in AAA all year. Had some good starts with the Braves as well. So a fantastic season for him. Now, the rest of these are other guys, maybe not in the top prospect area, but guys who had great season. Young Carlos Lara is somebody that's gonna shoot up you know rankings this year for the Braves. 20 games started 15 or 15 games started, 20 games overall. 81 in a third innings, just 60 hits, but he did walk 42 batters, but he struck out 114, 4.09 ERA, 1.25 whip, just a 204 average against, and he's just 20. So that's a, a name to watch. In the Brave system, Daniel Martinez with a good year on the mound. 3.50 ERA, 1.23 whip, and 116 strikeouts in 110 and two-thirds innings. Uh, Drew Lugbauer had a great season as well. Only 96 games, missed some time for injury, but still managed to hit 28 home runs. Just 15 doubles this time around, though. 44 walks, 142 strikeouts, and 898 OPS for the left-handed slugger. Jesse Franklin, I mentioned him because 795 OPS and a 473 slugging against the righties. Again, I think he's in that Jock Peterson type of mold where he can become you know, a really solid, strong side of a platoon and an outfield spot. Luke Waddell, just a ball player, uh, logged 130 games this year, played second base, shortstop, third base, can play everywhere, will hit 275 average, 384 on base percentage. Not a lot of power there. Somebody that I think ultimately will be a really good utility bench bat can kind of fill in everywhere. He had a good season. Luis D'Avila had a good season, a 326 ERA, 127 innings pitched and 128 strikeouts. Domingo Robles as well there at double A, 129 innings, a 3.91 ERA and a 1.27 whip. For relievers, Kyle Wilcox, just a crazy year that he had, a 2.62 ERA. 55 innings pitched, he only allowed 27 hits, struck out 72 batters as well. Hayden Harris, also a good year as a reliever, 59 and a third innings, 91 strikeouts. So a couple of relievers there to watch in the Braves' system. Talked about Joe Dunnan all throughout the year. Had some crazy good exit velocities for the Braves this year at AAA. Ended up hitting 19 doubles, 17 home runs in, in 95 games. So a good season for him. Von Grissom we've talked about a lot, just... In a crazy, you know, crazy, incredible season, a record breaking season with his 36 doubles for at this year, slash 330, 419, 501, and 920 OPS. The guy just needs a place to play. I want to mention Forrest Wall as well, who could be on the postseason roster 280 average, 52 stolen bases. And then lastly, I want to mention Michael Soroka. I know it's a, a tough ending to the year for him with the way things kind of played out. Couldn't ever really put it together at the major league level this year, but the guy hadn't pitched in so long. It's just so great that he was able to pitch this year and make his return. And you look at his numbers at Gwinnett this season, 17 games started, a 3.41 ERA, a 1.07 whip, 87 innings pitched, only 65 hits allowed, 28 walks, and 92 strikeouts. I mean, you just look at the numbers at the AAA level would tell you this is a guy that still can pitch. And I think he can, and I think he'll get there. But an unfortunate ending to the season for him. Hopefully, he can come back healthy next year and continue to get back on track and make an impact at the big league level. All right, that is the minor league players recap for the season. Some of the standout players there. If I missed some, let me know down in the comment section below which prospect are you most excited about going into 2024. Had some names on here I didn't mention. Guys that just got drafted, like Sabine Sabalas. You know, Isaiah Wright, or no, Isaiah Drake, um, you know, some really good prospects. Another one on here, Lucas Braun, who the Braves just drafted, a really good pitcher as well out of this recent draft. Just some guys that didn't have a lot of stats to talk about, but certainly some good players to watch. So I'm really excited about this farm system going forward. Again, let me know who you are most excited to see. All right, next, we got the playoff bracket set. We'll discuss that, the matchups, who the Braves could face, who do you want them? To face we'll discuss all that next again the postseason gets underway this Tuesday Braves don't play till Saturday but make sure you catch every pitch of the MLB postseason with Sirius XM on the SXM app all right let it set the bracket for this MLB postseason gonna be a fun one got some good teams in there some familiar faces but some new ones as well I'm looking for Really looking forward to this postseason. I think it's going to be a lot of fun in the American League wild card, which starts again on Tuesday. You got the Blue Jays facing off against the Twins. Twins get in, and that AL Central, a really weak division, had the fewest wins among division winners. So everybody's looking at the Blue Jays here, but don't sleep on that Twins pitching staff. I think that'll be a really good series. Then you got the Rangers in the Rays, which maybe is one of the better wild card matchups. You're talking about a Rangers team that was in that first place in that AL West a lot of the season and kind of stumbled down the stretch. The Rays team, who they got off to what looked like was going to be the greatest season ever. And then, you know, we're right there with the Orioles kind of neck and neck most of the way. So those are two really good teams. You look at the Rangers and how unfortunate it was on Sunday. They lose a one nothing game to the Mariners while the Astros sweep the Diamondbacks and the Astros win that division. They get the number two seed in the bye and the Rangers have to travel to Tampa Bay for a three-game wild card series. So a bit unfortunate there for the Rangers down the stretch. We'll see how they respond against a Rays team that's been really good all year, but they, maybe more than anybody, have been decimated in the starting rotation. We'll see how they respond, not to mention the things going on with Wander Franco, you know, losing their shortstop. Uh, But that should be an interesting series against two really good teams. you got the Orioles getting the one seed in the American League, the Astros, as I mentioned, getting that two seed. I think if I had to pick one team out of the American League right now, I can't bet against the Astros, especially the way they're playing right now. I think they're a really hot team. They're a confident team. So that's the one team to watch. I like the Orioles. I think they're probably the most talented team, but how do they respond being that new kid on the block? A lot of young guys. That's the only real question I have about them and can their pitching. Hold up, so I I like you know like the Orioles, like the Astros. I think the Rangers, if they get hot as well, but I got questions about their pitch uh, pitching, and then the Rays, one of those four teams. So sorry to the Blue Jays and Twins, I probably would rank them the last coming out of the American League. On the National League side, you got the Diamondbacks and the Brewers, and I think that's going to be a pretty interesting low key matchup. You got a young Diamondbacks team who has some really good pitching at the top, you know, with Gallon obviously there, and then you got the Brewers who just continue to turn out great pitching. So I think it's going to be a fun, if you like pitching and defense like I do, I think that's going to be the series to watch. On the other side, you got the Marlins and the Phillies going toe-to-toe. NL East division rivals there. you got the Phillies with their big offense. you got the Marlins with their great pitching. Who's going to win out there? I think, obviously, this is who the Braves are going to play. I'd pick the Phillies because I still think they have the good pitching as well to match up against the Marlins. But going to be a fun series to watch. That Marlins team doesn't have a lot of quit in them. And they had a great season to get that second wild card spot. So really looking forward to that one. Then you got the Braves getting the winners of those two teams in the number one seed. Then you got the Dodgers as the number two seed there. So look, I'm not, you know, if you're the Braves, I think you're, I think you feel better against the Marlins, a team you dominated for most of the year until that last series of the season where the Marlins dominated the Braves, who were obviously coming out a little bit of a hangover after clinching the division, but I think that's probably the team you want to face, but either way, you got to be good teams to get through the postseason and win the World Series. You know, one little thing can kind of tip things the other way, so you just got to get it done. I don't really care who they're going to play. The Braves are capable of beating anybody. They're capable of losing anybody. That's just baseball. But this team that the Braves have, you know, they can go toe to toe, and on paper, they're going to be better than just about anybody they face off against in this postseason. But Really just interesting to see who wins that wild card matchup between the Phillies and the Marlins. If I'm looking at these National League teams, I mean, I think it comes down to the Braves, Phillies, and Dodgers. I think those are the three best teams that have the chance. I don't know that the Brewers have the offense to keep up. The Diamondbacks think they're just a young team. Uh, They scare me. They played really good against the Braves this year, but I don't know that they can get it done. And I just don't know that the Marlins have enough offense to sustain you know, a long postseason run do they have the pitching to maybe get by a short series a three game series even a five game series yeah i think maybe they do i just don't know if they have the offense to carry them all the way to a world series so if i'm looking at you know three teams from the national league it's probably the braves dodgers phillies three teams from the american league i'd probably say orioles astros rays those would be some of my favorites from each division but it's baseball anything can happen so looking really looking forward to this postseason and seeing what does happen and how it shakes out, and obviously we'll be covering covering it all here on Locked On Braves, and you can follow every pitch of the postseason on SiriusXM on the SXM app. That will do for this episode of a Locked On Braves. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of each and every day. Make sure you subscribe to us on social media at Locked On Underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a comment on Locked On Braves podcast as well wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time.